You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? I'm doing great, Wendy. How are you? I'm good. That was a kind of a small pause, like, hmm, how to answer. So <laughs> uh, this would be the best part of your weekend. So I know it's one of mine Always for is. sure. <laughs> well, today's topic, we are going to be talking about Gym Safety 101. And Ken, I know this was a topic you came up with, and it makes me wonder if there were some issues that were going on in your facility. So I'm excited to hear a little bit more about why you think think we should discuss this topic, even though I have a lot of information to share as well. Well, gym safety, not no problems in my facility. Just for the record, my <laughs> my facility is is good to go. We we run a tight ship there because safety is number one. Now, the reason why we are talking about this is because there has been a new facility that's that has opened up within six seven miles of my facility and getting some feedback from people that frequent there and also train at, at my place, you know, for personal training and not saying that I'm getting a lot of complaints, but the comments are definitely there, you know, as we will discuss um, in this podcast today. So um, reflecting on the feedback that I'm getting, you know, first and foremost, when you do go to a gym or a health club, Number one, you know, we're, we're trying to get healthier. We're trying to get fit. You can't do that if you get hurt. So <laughs> if you're going to a place, you know, there are some telltale signs of, okay, when, you know, when is there an opportunity for me to make things safer as a patron of the facility? But also, when is it appropriate for me to talk to the management and say, hey, this isn't the best situation for myself or the other members that are using this 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 location so you know and, and it's also you know things we just need to be aware of as exercisers just to you know be accounted accountable for our own safety when it comes to okay well what kind of physical situation am i in to bring myself to a facility where i'm only going to put myself under more physical stress so we also will reflect on those points also well, if you want to see some terrible things, I think you just go on to YouTube and start watching and proper use of equipment. And some of it, mm -hmm. while it is funny, you think about how dangerous some of these videos that you see are. And number, number one, if you don't know how to use a piece of equipment, just ask. And that's one of the things that we really try to hit home. I know in, in our facility, we're here to help. The trainers are there to help. There's people at the front desk that can help. Plus, if you're new to a gym and you're not sure, oftentimes whoever is showing you around, whether it's the membership department, depends on the type of gym you're going to, they actually offer a free first time session in. Let me show you how the pieces of equipment work. And yep. people don't take advantage of that. I don't know why or people think that they know how to use something, but with the newer equipment, some of the newer technology, I know even on, for example, Techno Gym, when you're using the leg press, there's different ways of you, you, you can pull out one particular pin at the bottom and it makes it more uh, where you could do things at a fast pace. So it's really good when you're doing plyometric type exercises. 
But if you don't pull the pin back in and you add the whole weight stack, it doesn't seem like there's any weight on there. And then people are like, I don't know how to use this. So it sometimes can get confusing because there's so many variations of how amazing this piece of equipment is. Definitely something to ask questions about. Yeah. And, you know, and it's something that a lot of us are guilty. I mean, I myself, like if I if I come across a piece of equipment that I don't know, I might kind of hang out at an an adjacent piece of equipment and then see how somebody else uses it. So just by, you know, the trickle down effect, if I see someone else using it and I and I assume that they're using it correctly, I'm likely to emulate and copy what they're doing. But if they're doing it wrong, I'm going to do it wrong. But so are you you also one of those? Are you one of those guys that won't ask for directions? You're just going to wait and uh, see no, if you can I, follow somebody in. I'm yeah. I'm I'm humbled. I'm humble enough in in any facility to say, um, I don't I I don't know how to use this thing, right? And you know mm-hmm. when when there's multiple <laughs> pins, like you know an adjustment for height, an adjustment for you know for depth, and you know once you start to have to manipulate more than just the weight stack, then it's one of those things where I need I need to get some help. And hopefully the training staff, you know, if they're not just some, you know, young kid who just, you know, it's their second day and they're learning the ropes themselves. You know, hopefully you're not getting that person, but somebody who has had some experience and some training on the equipment. And that's, you know, that's, you know, that's the, uh, you know, that's the steps you should take. Because how many people also read the directions that are, you know, taped onto or you know they're just they're like on the back of the machine the anatomy on. guy yeah or yeah it, it shows the muscles that are highlighted oh this is going to work my back so i should get on right. this machine or oh it's going to work my glutes i need to do you know 30 million reps on that piece of equipment however your technique lies so always find out do what you can to find out if there's a single shred of doubt on how to use a piece of equipment get some instruction yes yeah, so gym safety number one on today's Random Fit Show, know your equipment. If not, ask the questions and let us help you learn the equipment because injury is a thing. And so safety should always be first. Number two, and this was something that unfortunately I've seen lately, people that are really trying to go in and hit a specific goal because they're reaching a deadline before the holidays that they want to weigh a certain amount So they're not eating as many calories as they should. They're doing a tremendous amount of cardio because apparently to some cardio is the only way to lose weight and they are lifting weights two or three times a day. So one of the things to think about is overexertion and what happens to your body if you don't give it enough time to recover. So Ken, tell me about it because I know you see it all the time too. I'll say that there there is a time of year, right? Be, before spring break, before summer break, right? After New Year's, that's when people are trying to, quote unquote, make up for lost time. I should have been training for this spring break trip. I should have been training for this summer. I, you know, I've, 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 I've overindulged over the holidays. So now I need to take the, take all this off. So they think that, Okay, take off, take off the calories. And by taking off the calories, they're missing meals, which if it's coordinated and organized, 
you know, we've had episodes on um, where we've talked about intermittent fasting. If you're timing your meals and if there's a certain window that you're you're giving yourself to eat, that's fine because you're going to you're managing excess calories. But don't let that be what stops you from getting a good workout. You need you need fuel for the fire. And if you're if you're trying to burn some calories in the gym, you need some calories to to get those muscles going. So we say, watch the overexertion, right? You need the fuel to have a really good workout. But at the same time, you're not going to, you know, that extra, that extra 10 pounds on, on, the, on the machine, that extra five miles an hour on the treadmill, that's not going to get you there if you hurt yourself. So overexertion, as you mentioned, Wendy, doing too much, too fast, overload principle has just gone way too far. So watch the overexertion. If there was any time as a fitness manager or personal trainer where I've had to help somebody, the Q&A always winds up being they didn't eat enough and they worked out a little too hard. Yes. So I've seen people feel really faint, get dizzy. It's just not fun. I mean, fuel, like you said, fuel yourself and be smart. Don't lift too much too soon either, because then you become so miserable and your body isn't able to withstand that. So you're so sore that the next couple workouts, if you're going daily is not going to be, you're not going to do yourself any good unless you take a recovery day. You try to use the recovery boots. You could use some foam rolling or uh, vibration therapy, All of that would be very beneficial. Another one to really think about too. So number three, I think let's go 10. Can we do 10, Ken? Top 10. Let's say top 10 gym gym safety. But let's say number three would be falls. And sometimes we don't really think about this. And when we think about falls, we automatically think of the the elderly population, seniors, Mm -hmm. active older adults, whatever you want to call them, anyone 65 years and older. Yes, that is something to very you'd be very careful with. However, it can just be falls from a spill on the floor or someone that is one of those sweaty guys that I have an athlete that literally has to wear a hoodie when we do leg circuits or we do things where he's jumping because he's like a sweat factor. Like it's disgusting. It looks like it's raining inside where he's at. Sounds gross. That's why he puts the hoodie on because I'm like, you've got to keep it in inside because if not, I am in, I am responsible for cleaning that up. And so just be careful where you're walking, where your clients are walking, the type of shoes. And plus we do some barefoot exercises like barefoot training and think about walking in a puddle of someone's sweat. It's just gross. (laughs) (laughs) Can we tell you how I really feel? Can you feel it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and with, with that being said, uh, the different surfaces. So if you have, yeah, if, if you're, if you're, athlete is sweating all over that's where as a trainer as a strength coach make the recommendation you know have a shirt to change into a secondary shirt headbands wristbands it might look a little goofy right like you know those guys from the richard the simmons 70s. didn't look goofy he made a name for well himself. i wasn't naming names wendy but <laughs> everyone loved richard simmons come on now you know, here you are, you know, you, you have, you have the sweatband, you have, you have the wristband. It, it's there for a reason and they work and they work. And here, look, I have no hair. There's nothing catching my sweat. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to fly all over the place. 
when I'm on the skill mill and I've and I've got one of those workouts where I need to get my heart rate up to 160 plus, I am sweating all over the place. So like what you're doing for your athletes, you're wiping things down. You are taking responsibility for your client and hopefully people are taking responsibility for themselves, especially if they're on a slippery type surface, like a, like a basketball court. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, not every facility has carpet, which that can get a little grimy sometimes too. Uh, turf where you're not going to see it. But if you're on a group exercise type floor, just be mindful uh, just from a upkeep standpoint, when the maintenance staff or housekeeping is doing their job throughout the day, when they're doing their job throughout the day, they're going to have to mop, sweep things up like in the locker room. So pay attention to those signs as well, as much as you can avoid it whenever possible. But a slippery floor is a slippery floor. Pay attention. Uh, as far as, as far as falls go too. watching the footprint of the equipment. Because if you're talking something that that's designed to carry a lot of load, a lot of weight, they're going to have a big base. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the the footprint extends past the actual parts that you're going to be moving. So be mindful if this is your home gym, you know how big certain pieces of equipment are. So when we talk about falls, it's not just about slippery surfaces. It's also about uh, changing surfaces, going from court to turf to carpet, steps, stairs. But one thing that always makes you kind of cringe when you're in management is looking at, okay, how big is this piece of equipment? What's the footprint? Do we have some kind of safety barrier in place to where we're discouraging people walking in between, you know, pieces that have a big footprint? Well, and I was just going to throw this in because you guys listening may not be a personal trainer, but you do clean up after yourself, which as a trainer or a manager or an owner, I would say thank you very much for doing that. But one thing too is I've seen this happen. That's why I want to mention it. We often wipe down our cardio equipment, which is what you're supposed to do. But if you take some of the wet wipes or if they have sprays and everything, and especially if you are doing it on the sides of the treadmill, because the sweat went everywhere, if you have someone that's going to come up and do sprints and they sprint, 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 and then they straddle and it's wet, they can straddle too far, their foot slips, and then it's not a really good scenario for anyone. So just mindful of if you're going to spray it and wipe it, perfect, but make sure it's also dry before someone gets on or let them know, hey, I just wiped this down so it's still a little damp. Be careful because it's just a nice gesture. So I'm going to throw that out there too. (laughs) But next, I think it's important to talk about hydration. You must drink water. And I know I love water. I don't like anything in my water. It doesn't have to be a pretty color. I don't need it to have a flavor. I just like water. Now, we did do a podcast. Here's another plug for Random Fit on different types of water because there are different types of water with different things in them to make you feel better. So if you haven't checked that out, you absolutely should. But there are so many now packets that you can put inside your water. Like I know Element, for example, it's really big on salt. There are some other electrolyte types of packets that are out there by multiple companies. So you can put those into your water. You just need to make sure that you're hydrated because if you're not, you're going to be more, you're going to feel faintish. You can get really dizzy and you need water. Your body is made up mostly of water. So feed it for what it is and make sure that you are taking adequate amounts of water, especially if you're going to have a high sweating 
day or you're outside a lot, hydration is super important. Yep. And on this episode of Random Fit, we are talking about gym safety 101 with Miss Wendy Batts and myself, Ken Miller. And that topic of hydration, uh, replacing electrolytes, I get that's a great follow up to the falls topic, right? If if someone is feeling faint because of of being dehydrated, uh, proceed your workout with making sure that you're hydrated. If you are an ex- I don't say excessive sweating is sweating, as long as you compensate for what you sweat and replacing that with water and with appropriate uh, electrolyte drinks. But again, when it comes to performance, you you do want to stay hydrated before, during, as well as after. So if there's anything that will take away from performance as well is your hydration. Uh, so just by the time, just a general rule of thumb too, is if you're, if you're thirsty, you're already about 2% dehydrated. You're already dehydrated, right? You're already behind as far as keeping up with your water intake. So just know by the time you're thirsty, you got, you got to catch up a little bit. You can't make it all, you know, don't, drink a half a gallon and think you're going to get, you're just going to wind up going back and forth to the bathroom. So you mean you don't walk around with your gallon jugs and, Oh, I'm thirsty. Uh, so I'm gonna... Not for a yeah. long time, Wendy. It's been a while since. <laughs> now we've got the, the, the pretty hydro flasks that we don't need to actually yes. have the plastic ones with right. handles. Plus the Yetis keep everything cool. So why wouldn't you? Right. That's right. <laughs> I think it's also important when we're talking about safety and we're talking about everything. Of course, we talked about equipment. We've talked about falls. We've talked about, making sure that you have good water intake. So you've got good high, um, what's the word you're hydrated, goodness you're gracious, hydrated, overexertion. Yes. You've got to watch that. But I think it's very important to, to mention warm up and cool downs. You and I have done episodes on the importance of them, things to consider ways to warm up. But when, when you think of a warm up, it does not have to mean getting on a treadmill, getting on a piece of cardio equipment and warming up your body. I want to hit home. Your body is about 98 degrees. Your body is already warm. What you're trying to do is get adequate blood flow, get oxygen to the tissues, get good thorough range of motion where you need range of motion, which is through all your joints, especially if you've been in a seated position for a long time or something happens. So I think it's very important that when we're doing all of this, that we spend time foam rolling, we spend some time stretching, we spend some time really taking ownership of what we're going to do in the gym, especially for our our workout. And if you get a chance, foam roll, foam roll, foam roll. You can foam roll at home. You can foam foam roll anywhere you want. But if it's a tender area, you just go slow and controlled. You're going to hold those areas for 20 to 30 seconds. And then you're going to go into some sort of static static stretching, dynamic warmups. And that's what you would do before you actually did your workout. And sometimes I hear my clients say to me all the time, I feel like I spend more time on the flexibility component and the warm up than I do on my actual workout. And you know what? As you age, that's actually okay because we start losing some flexibility. And when you lose flexibility, you're losing range of motion. It's the same thing in the cool down. In the cool down, you really don't want to go into dynamic stretching because you're not preparing your body for activity. You're trying to re- like restore and elongate some of those muscles that you use throughout your workout. So taking the time, that's always what everyone skips. I am also one of those people that need to skip it sometimes too. But taking yep. the time and really going through foam rolling and spending time on those tender spots or you know 20 to 30 seconds or until that pain's reduced, then static stretch, and then you can go home. 
You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to get back on the cardio equipment. You don't you don't ever have to get on that to warm up or cool down. It's really just making sure your body is prepared and that you restore what you did in the gym before you leave. That was a lot, Ken. Sorry. <laughs> there was my rant. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the complaints that, you know, or the, I'll just, I don't want to, let me back up. Not complain, comments that I was getting about that new facility that weren't, that, uh, you know, some of our patrons experienced or saw at, at that new gym is people will just come in they'll do you know they'll they'll do their their arm shoulder warm-up and then they'll get on the bench press or they'll do their leg stretches you know hamstring stretches and then they'll get on the the squat machine so what area that they do have set for warming up preparation it's not being used so they've got some space that's not being used and everywhere else is just getting overcrowded but we've done an episode on movement preparation and proper warm up and cool down. So again, we will always encourage our listeners or you guys that are listening to us today here on Random Fit, discussing Gym Safety 101. Go back to that episode and dive deeper into that because Wendy, you you just you brought it home. You're gonna work <laughs> out hard, get the joints ready. The sooner and the more efficient that you cool down the body, the the more efficient and sooner you begin the recovery process. So a lot to be said for the importance of warming up and cool down, but a lot of people don't do it, which puts the muscles in an additional point of stress when it comes to now having to lift a lot of weights, push a lot of weights, pull a lot of weights, or press a lot of weights with their lower body. So a lot of importance and value to be had with warming up and a proper cool down. So what about sanitation? I put that on oh. the list because to me, it, it's we talked about the sweat. We talked about all that. But I am lucky because in the facility where we are, we have people that constantly walk around and all of our trainers, we all know we, we are very considerate with each other. But it's also one of those very specialized boutique type places. And if we do have other members coming in and out, they are usually really good about wiping stuff down, especially if they used it. Or if a trainer sees something, they'll wipe it down. And, and we don't really feel like we have to argue about that. Our problem is, is putting the equipment away, which we can talk about that on a totally yeah. different. I know we have actually mentioned that. But do you have issues in your in your place with that? Nope. We, well, we, there you we, go. We, Come to Atlanta and also Alameda and yeah. you'll have some clean facilities. <laughs> we, why, again, we're, we're a boutique studio, right? Mm -hmm. 2,500 square feet, six trainers that train there. We wipe down before and after when possible. Definitely after if we have the time. I mean, we trust that someone's going to wipe their stuff down before I hold on to it or my client gets a hold of it. But as an extra added safety, we'll wipe it down before if if there's time, if we're not, you know, going back and forth on who's got what piece of equipment. So sanitation's there. The bathrooms will get clean. I mean, I'm there throughout the day. So first thing I do is I look at the bathrooms. I clean the bathrooms. Uh, someone gets in there. I clean it and I clean it. The last thing. That... <laughs> someone gets in there. What are they doing? They're hanging out for a while. Come on, Ken. <laughs> well, I should. You know, the number one reason, the number one reason, and I learned this early, early on in my fitness career, and this is going back almost 30 years ago now, 
Number one, number one reason a lot of people will quit a facility is dirty bathrooms. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true still today. I know that I, uh, yes, when yeah, it's, it's there, it's a thing. So if there's the cleanest part of my facility is the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So, well, yes. Yeah. And if you go in and you see something that's not right, either tell a manager, tell someone, yeah. or just depending on what it is. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, if a toilet needs to be flushed, just flush it. You know, if yeah, you see just, something else that's not good, see, yeah. just report it. But yeah. another one I wanted to talk about, and I don't have to deal with this because we are, again, a boutique type gym, just like you, but we don't have children that run around our gym. And if we do, right. it is frowned upon or they are with a trainer and it's now that trainer's responsibility. However, in the big box gym that I am a member of, they have an area where children can go in and they can kind of babysit the kids while the parents are working out or whatever, which I mean, I'm very grateful for because I had an somewhere to put my child if I wanted to, I didn't use that service, pay for it, never used it. Right. But there are so many kids sometimes that are running around and with dumbbells out and, you know, big equipment that's metal and, you know, they've got a lot of sharp objects. It scares me all the time. Now I have a child that is prone to falls. Don't know why because we work on everything. And in my gym or in my life, you would think he would be this fine moving piece of, of balance and, and, and performance and everything. We're not there, but he falls a lot. And so he just trips on things just happened. We got our first set of stitches actually on Tuesday. So yes, we have done that. But my point is, is if you have children there and they're yours, please don't have them run in the gym. Please just get them out of the way or just hire a sitter or someone to give you time to go and do what you need to do at the gym. But if you see kids running around, that is not okay. It's not safe for anybody. Right. And I think with kids, if you're under 10, that's a no brainer there. They shouldn't be there where uh, things happen. It's those high schoolers. Right. Oh, so, yeah. when, so when we're talking about, children or or unsupervised children it's maybe that's somebody that kind of got through the you know got through that screening process in the front desk they got in there they're not of age and they're just screwing around and we talked earlier about improper use of equipment if there's any time that equipment's not going to be used right it's by kids right sophomores fresh you know young kids who just aren't savvy when it comes to working out there there i yeah i just if you're not with a trainer right for a specific reason you know which is a condition of, of a lot of gyms if you're under 16 you have to be with a trainer's kind of the template situation but there's those situations too where okay you can come in if your parents there how often does that happen <laughs> right it's yeah, let's, I'll drive. I'll I'll, pick, I'll be here. I'll be back in an hour. I'll pick you guys up uh, on on my way out, and I'll pick up some McDonald's or something. And, and there's <laughs> worse things for them yeah. to do. So a yay for them being in the gym. But you to your right. point, they and re restack your stuff. I mean, that kind of brings us into the next <laughs> step when I talk about falling <laughs> objects. We had that written down. They're really falling yeah. objects. It's stuff that was just never put back up. And so you have to be careful that wherever you're placing something that it's safe, or if you're using something 
and let's say you're supersetting and so you're using a set of dumbbells and you're using a piece of machinery right next to it it's okay but just don't leave those dumbbells out where somebody can trip and fall or just you know make sure too that if you leave to go do something and it's unattended that it's not in a direct path where someone that's right. not paying attention because they're taking their selfie or whatever in the mirror or they're mm -hmm. you know trying to flex because they're on their 20 minute break in between sets whatever it, it may be just be careful about everything around you know your surroundings and make sure that it's it's a safe environment something that happened to me my first one of my first <laughs> health club experiences i i gotta i gotta admit i was pulling off a 45 plate 45 pound plate off of the holder what i didn't see and this is my fault i i wasn't paying attention you know there was a five pound plate sitting in front of that 45 pound plate. I saw the 45 pounds. I pulled the 45 pound plate, but what scooted out in front of it was the five pound plate, which dropped where Wendy? On your toe. On my foot. Yeah. I've so, done that. I've um, done that. And it wasn't even that high as far as I, it was about waist high as I was pulling it off the, off of the plate rack. And that five pound plate felt, it might as well have been 35 pounds for, for what I felt. I was off work uh, for a while. I could not walk, right? It, I mean, it wasn't broken. The doctor said it would have been easier if your foot was broken. So, yes. <laughs> but, but falling, falling things, again, that's not just not, you know, things that aren't being placed back where they're supposed to, but just watch out. And I've seen it happen where a smaller plate will be in front of a bigger plate. You see the bigger plate because if they're both black, you don't really see, or they're dark colored or they're both gray, they're both matching. It's hard to see sometimes, especially when it's smaller. But the other thing about falling weights is something like a, a dumbbell that's been placed on its end. So it's not that both ends are, are on the floor. It's been placed on its end, so it's balancing on the side. So watch out because that could still fall. And I've seen that happen as well. Oh, and I wanted this one one side story because this happened two weeks ago, not with my client, thank goodness, but we had another trainer that had a client that was lifting super, super heavy. And she was behind him spotting, doing everything right, which is great. But the client, when they were done, they dropped their weights. And there was another client next to them on the ground. There was some distance, but that weight hopped and actually yes. hit that client on the finger and shattered the fingertip in three spots. Ouch. So be careful with your weights. And yes. I mean, I know, Ken, we can talk about so many different things. We had talking about allergic reactions. Just make sure that you're careful with, you know, if you're using certain cleaners that you're careful, if you're a gym owner on the cleaners that you're using, you also make sure too, if you're a trainer, don't wear really strong perfume. Some people are, are really sensitive to smells. And if you're sitting on something or whatever, and you've got a bunch of lotion, just be careful and be mindful. And then also to think about overcrowding. That's another one that we could have probably spent a lot of time on, but I think that one's yes. pretty self-explanatory. But today on the Gym Safety 101, just a quick recap. Number one, be safe. Be safe. Improper equipment use is not a good thing. Overexertion, if you're tired and you feel like you need to drop 20 pounds in two days, y'all, it's not going to happen. So you want to make sure that you give yourself adequate time and, and able to give yourself the sleep 
and you're hydrating and recovering the way that you're supposed to, which hydration was also a big thing. Falls, make sure if you see water or sweat or something, wipe it down or talk to someone, make sure that somebody wipes it down. We want to keep everything as safe as possible. Right. Warm up and cool down. It's not okay to skip. You need to make time and also do your homework. Do some of that at home. It's going to make you feel better and it's going to shorten the amount of time for your warm up and your cool down at the gym. Unsupervised children, not okay. Be a parent, figure it out. Just make sure that, you know, if you are going to have your kids go, that they are mindful and respectful to those around them. Wipe the equipment down. I think we talked about that. I think I got it all. So, you know, there are so many different things we could have discussed, but I think these are key, key points that are super, super important. And I appreciate you sharing your stories, Ken. Oh, man. A lot lot more, but. We only have so much time, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but Wendy, um, thanks for your insights. I really appreciate you sharing what you had to share as well, because we're all trying to get more fit. We're trying to get healthier. You can't do that if you get hurt or if there's something that can help someone else be safe and them not get hurt, right? Because we're all trying to do the same thing if we're a member of a gym. So for those of you listening to us here on Random Fit, thank you again for your time and attention to what both Wendy Batts and I, myself, Ken Miller, had to share, especially on this episode of Random Fit, talking about gym safety 101. So if you like what you heard today, like, follow, subscribe, share, download, and if you can rate us, give us a five out of five if you if you, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> comment, let us know what you want to talk about, and we will be sure to do what we can to get that on for you. So... Until next time, everybody, take care and be well.